0: love talk radio the allen alfred sports talk show the allen alfred sports talk show your host is here for the show tonight to interview our special guest (laughs) so <laughs>
1: another great episode of the alan alfred sports talk show really glad to have you on board with us tonight gonna have a fantastic show for you definitely appreciate you listening and definitely want to thank you for being such a proud supporter of the alan alfred sports talk show if you want to call in and chime in the phone number is 516-418-5572 again it's 516-418-5572 August 25th, and we're going to have a fantastic show for you, a lot of things to discuss, but before we get into it, got to thank our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, four fantastic flavors, Honey Mustard, Classic, Fusion, and Heat Wave. You can tell us which one you think is the best. You can get any one of the four at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com, or you can have the option of visiting Chef G's at 301 South 22nd Street. He has a fantastic new location right there in Tampa. Come by, check him out. You can pick up the sauce in person, meet Chef G's, and if you need any culinary services, he can help you with that. He's got a great Labor Day package. You can see that as well at flbbqsauce.com. And we have a fantastic sa- songwriter. His name is Sam Scola. He did the introduction song, and he did the song you're going to hear now, the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. After that, we'll go ahead and get the show rolling. Let's go ahead and play Sam Skola's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. We want to thank Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary. Just had a wedding anniversary Want to congratulate them on that as well? Give them a round of applause. Right out of me. Without further ado, to Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. He comes in
0: for variety. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, chef's cheese, Florida it up, barbecue sauce, Florida gold, honey mustard on burgers and red Taste. Serve on fish and vegetables Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce.
1: All right, thank you, Sam Scola. Congratulations again on his 15-year wedding anniversary. So, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring out our first caller. Definitely want to do that for you right now. Hey, how you doing so far tonight, Lou? Okay,
2: thank you. How you man. doing tonight? All right. And Always great. Thank to you, Sam.
3: So, how you been?
2: Alright, well coming down to the final week of preseason, you know, we have got the uh battle for bragging rights tomorrow or as some call it here in this part of the the world the Snoopy Cup. And I'll explain why. As you know, the melon is now known as Mad Life, which Snoopy is the spokes eagle or whatever you want to call it for. So it's judging giant Giants, it's called the Snoopy Cup.
1: <laughs> well, I mean All things considered, I watched last night's Thursday night's preseason game between the Colts and the Eagles, and I know that a lot of the starters didn't play, but overall, it still seemed like it was pretty competitive football.
2: Yeah.
3: What
2: would you think? I thought it was pretty competitive. I was actually watching two games at once because I was uh, streaming one game with another. Yeah, You can do that, you know. So I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. Uh this one looks to me uh somewhere team with the Panthers and the Lions twenty ten, so it doesn't look, you know, like a blowout. This could be a well played uh, game at the end. I'm so checking that out. I wish yeah. I could say the same for our baseball teams which are absolutely in the toilet. Ugh, it's just disgusting. Both teams are below five hundred. The Mets are ten games below, the Yankees are five games below. It's absolutely sickening. The baseball fan in New York right now. Ugh.
1: Yeah, it it is it is pretty bad for the for the Yankees this year and it, to me I look at it as being a wrap. I mean, I look today they were 18 games out of first place. That is bad. That is horrible.
2: Uh, yes. We're not used to this kind of losing.
1: So, it, it it's you could stick a fork in it. It's they're done. They're done. The Yankees are done. There is last week I said it's still it's not over. It's over now. It is officially a wrap. No, not, not really. I don't see it. I don't see it. I just don't see it at this point. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the. I think the team is tanking it in. I think they've given up hope. And that's the thing. When you're, I agree with you. So mathematically, they're not eliminated. But when you start having a defeatist attitude and you feel like you're out of it, then it really yeah, is over at that, that point.
2: I'll give you that because it's not the. Um... You know, the same teams have, you know, racked like up the division title, the division title, and made the playoffs. I mean, this is only our our, it's only our fifth uh, losing season in our history.
3: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just – it's in the still 123
2: impressive. Years, in the 123 years we have played uh, Yankee baseball, this is only going to be our fifth losing season.
1: Yeah, and that's impressive. I mean, that is definitely impressive. To, I don't care what anyone says. That's that's remarkable. You can't win every year. That's just how it goes. You're gonna to have to play be at the back of the line at some point. And I just think with the injuries, it just went downhill right before the All Star break for the Yankees. That's where the beginning of the end happened.
2: Well, the beginning of the end happened back in June after um, after Judge got hurt.
1: Right. We got hurt. Then they went on a real cold spell right after that, leading into the All-Star break, and they just kind of never recuperated from that.
2: That's the sad part.
1: It is. But I did want you to mention, what's the name of those uh, sites that you said that is very good for streamers?
2: Oh, you mean Sports Surge?
1: Yes, Sports Surge, and it yeah. was one more.
2: Sports Surge, now, Sports Search has a list of all the sites, and one of them is called StreamEast.com. Uh,
1: Stream East?
2: Stream East.
1: Okay. Yeah, so definitely but you might
2: But you, but you might want to do a look uh Sports Search first to go down the list, because if you just do uh, Stream East, it, it doesn't really work properly. So you might as well just go down to Sports Streams and then look okay, at where it says Stream East, and it will, it'll get better. You may have to put it two or three times to get the full uh, arrow in, but uh, you, will, you will eventually get it.
1: Yep, that's right. You're exactly right. I appreciate that. And is there any NFL teams that, or players, I should say, do you play fantasy football?
2: I did, but I wasn't any good at it. Okay, <laughs> I was
1: trying to get some inside information from I'm you. Who are I'm you
2: doing it with? Taking the teams and taking the spreads.
1: Just just having an auto draft for you.
2: But yeah, like I said, you know, I'm about to do it the old fashioned way. Take the team you think is going to win against two and then see if they're going to beat the spread. You know, just make it simple. There you
1: go. That sounds that sounds like a plan.
2: Yeah. Better,
1: A better player. Well, the NFL season about to kick off. Is anything that you're looking forward to this this season?
2: Obviously, going to see how it's going to play out in Mister Rogers' new neighborhood. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's going to be interesting. You you're absolutely right. I'm I'm excited about that. I'm also curious to see how Ezekiel Elliott does with the Patriots. That's another uh, thing I'm curious to see. traders I'm curious to see how the Eagles respond this year coming back after yeah. you the know, Super Bowl loss to see. I know they're going to be good, but I'm curious to see how that team really does throughout mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and Jason Kelsey, for those who don't know, when I did watch the preseason game, he has a documentary coming out where Travis is going to be in it. So check that out. That's going to be on prime Amazon prime. So if you want to learn more about Jason and or Travis Kelsey, that'll be a great opportunity for you. So that was pretty cool to get, you know, inside information
3: <laughs>
1: and get an interview on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. That that was really cool. But overall, you know cool. what?
3: Yeah.
2: Go ahead. The rest of the world loses a, loses a popular figure. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it should be interesting to see this this season. I'm I'm excited about it. I wanted to get your opinion but, on something. Do you like the format where there's three preseason games, they get a week off and then the season starts? Do you like that format?
2: Yeah, I I do. I mean, you know, I'm i always thinking. You know, there used to be, uh, you know, like uh, each network used to do two preseason season games before the season starts. But now the season's been cut to three preseason games, they only do like one each. So yeah, I just see more before we uh you know get into the start of the season. But I'm okay with the three games. Eventually, they're gonna move back up. The season start to Labor Day if they go, you know, like a eighteen each team playing eighteen week season games. So I you know. Because uh, I like to actually watch some football on Labor Day, but there are some college games now that fall that Sunday now. So obviously mm, they probably won't do that.
1: I'm I'm okay with the three preseason games with the week off and then the season starts. Yeah. I like that.
2: So I like that because it gives everybody day. a
1: fresh start.
2: You only you always have a week off between the last regular season game and the first regular season game of the year. So that's that's nothing new.
1: Yeah, the only thing that I don't like about the schedule is some teams really get kind of like the short end of stick with the bye week. If you have an early bye week in the year, I think that's a, that hurts you as a team
2: because yeah,
1: I, I'd prefer if I was playing to have a bye week towards the end of the season, oh. like closer towards the end of the season, rather than so early in the season, like around the fourth or fifth week, That's that's way too early.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Hey. hey uh, soccer fans out there? Just found something. Uh, looks like uh, Messi may not be making his debut tomorrow for MLS after all. Okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah. There is some soccer well, fans. I'm glad you brought it up. So Spain wins out. the World Cup. And yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on the the Luis. Reales that kiss that he did on Jenny Hermosa. What do you think should happen on that?
2: Shoot him. I was like, i think shoot him.
1: <laughs>
2: I know he's a celebration, but I don't know if he should have done that. I mean, that kind of ranks right there with Brandy's Brandy, Brandy Tristan ripping off her shirt when they won the, when they won the cup of 99. Okay. So what's next? Oh boy. Yeah.
1: I'm going to talk more yeah. about this on the, a little bit one later of the, in the one show. Of those
2: moments like, uh, like uh what did you just do?
1: Yeah, I know, right? It was it was definitely yeah. a shocking moment. I'll I'll definitely talk more about it later in the show, but I, mean, I, I wanna get you to the doing
2: celebration. I don't think you made it the end by intentional, but uh I don't know how the governing body is gonna feel about that. Like what did you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting.
2: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs>
1: It's definitely interesting. <laughs>
2: oh dear.
1: But yeah, I'll definitely talk yeah. more about that for all you soccer fans a bit later in the show. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear what you got cooking on your show on this Saturday.
2: Well, let's see. Maybe I'll get the soccer player. Uh, no. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> we will recap the uh, we will recap that final match. Uh, some thought it was good. Some thought it was boring depending how you look at it, because only one nothing. Uh, we'll start with the FIBA, the FIBA World Cup. That's the men's basketball tournament. Yes, we'll, of course, cover uh, more MLB. Uh, finals of the Middle League World Series, everybody. Uh, I know you're thinking, you're going to cover what now? Yes, I cover that, too. Uh, the final week of NFL preseason. Uh, college football predictions, guys. So if you're college fans, you might want to be able to call in, uh, call into the show. And remember that I do the I do the schedule's a week ahead of time because by the time the show comes on, half the game is already over anywho. So why go back so why go backwards? Uh yeah, and we will take a look at uh WWE because of the passing that happened to one of the residents greatest stars. Um oh in the last round of the PGA uh playoffs if you want to call it that. And I think you got I think that I just everything. if I missed anything, sorry. Uh, of course, we also have your thoughts and comments. The ridiculous sign of the week, sports trivia, the field good story of the week, this week in sports history, and our monthly feature of the best and worst in the month of sports. This is, of course, the best and worst of August. And uh, oh, I think I got a few. I'm not going to tell them on here. I'm not going to tell them here. You'll have to tune in and find out on uh, the Enhanced Sports Show tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. It's Eastern Time number 543 five one two five four three four six six two. And remember you can also cast a show on YouTube. Go to YouTube and dial in the Enhanced Sports Show Then voila. You're there. And um uh, I also take comments, uh, you know, if you if you see it, you know, uh feel free to put a comment in. That won't cost you a cent.
3: Yeah, there you
2: well, go. Subscribe it's subscribe it's four ninety five, but uh anybody can leave a comment, I think.
1: Yeah, that's right. It definitely makes sure you guys give your comments on the Enhanced Sports Show. You can check them out on YouTube, the Enhanced Sports Show, and also can call in between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow, 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. Definitely, we love to hear from you and your comments on Lou's Enhanced Sports Show. So make sure you guys... Watch him on YouTube and call in. Support Lou. Yes. It's going to be an awesome show. So you guys got to make sure you get engaged with Lou. That's for sure. Yeah, so definitely you got a lot of things cooking. It's going to be a great show for you. I'm going to be calling in too. Great. So I'm looking forward to it. Any other things you want to say to our great listeners?
2: Um... No, not really. I think I've done everything um, I need to do tonight.
1: All right. Well, definitely appreciate you, Lou. It's always a pleasure. Make sure you stay nice and healthy and strong, so we can hear from you again. I definitely appreciate you, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow.
2: All right. Thanks, Alan.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Lou. Really appreciate you.
2: Okay, we got here, and we okay.
1: Always a pleasure. So that's Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys check him out tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. So, yeah. So, Lou, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a big thing that happened this week was a Spain star. Jenny, for those who don't know, Jenny Hermoso was kissed on the lips during the Spain's World Cup trophy ceremony presentation on Sunday. She was kissed by the Spanish F.A. President Luis And If I mispronounce the last one, I apologize. Rebili's is what I have it here as. But yeah, I had watched this unfold. And you really have to, you can't always just take the highlight. Let me just tell you folks one thing. You can't just look at the headline or photo and just make an assessment with that. I went ahead and found the raw footage of the actual, you know, the whole episode, and I wanted to see how this thing was done in context, full context, full speed, no, and I turned the mute off, so I didn't get any predisposition from, from an announcer or a reporter kind of describing what's going on. I watched this thing unfold, and first and foremost, let me just start with this. Congratulations to Spain, the Barcelona team, for coming out big time and winning the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. That is a fantastic achievement. You girls, that's girl power. You balled out and did your thing. Congratulations, first and foremost. Yeah, I want to make sure that the women get their props because they deserve it. It's unfortunate, actually, that this story is overshadowing the achievement of winning a World Cup. Having said that, I watched the event. First, she got a hug, and they embraced. He did a hug, and then he kind of gave her like a hug. As he was doing a hug, he gave her a kiss on her cheek, and that was a little bit much, but I would have let that slide, right? Then he like backs up, looks at her, and then he goes in for the kiss on the lips. And then that was pretty much it. So a lot of times the photo would just show you the kiss, but they don't show you the whole interaction. I'm telling you right now, I hate to see this be the biggest part of the story, but I'm telling you, they need to, now the women's, for those who don't know, the women's Spain soccer team is saying that they do not want to play anymore until some action gets done with Lewis. And I'm telling you right now, she handled it, Jenny handled it with class act right as the thing ah, it was over. She said she didn't like it, but she downplayed it. She you know, she said it was, it was a bit much. She didn't expect it. A lot of people say, hey, from Spain, that's what we do. I disagree with that. I Disagree with that and I got a lot of perspective from people from Spain that was extra that was way extra Then what made it worse was that Lewis did not even apologize. He said hey, this is how I kiss my my daughters Well, Jenny's not your daughter, you know what I'm saying you did something inappropriate another thing. I noticed watching this was Throughout the, the game. He's there grabbing his crotch Listen Lewis You're not the star of the show the women are Stay in your lane. The women are they're the one playing on the field, not you You're in the stands celebrating supporting them, but you're not on the field So the relevance is the women I feel as if it was overkill as to what was done and I feel as if Him stepping down is probably appropriate in this situation. The women are not going to play now unless you step down and this was an offensive act to me if the association doesn't do anything now you're going to have a regret later because i can see where this is headed lewis is going to embarrass them even more on something down the road as the smoke goes away he's going to do something else to embarrass him rubiles is to me was out of line he saw an opportunity and he jumped in and took it don't try to play to it like you didn't do anything you saw an opportunity to get a little feel, get a little suave on underneath the guise of celebration. And that's what you did. Let's just call for what it is. It was over the top. It was unexpected. I could completely understand why they, the women are upset. And I can understand why they kind of force in your hand. At this point, the classy thing to do is to step down. I'm sorry. You made it, whether you call it a mistake or not, This is showing a, this is to me is showing a history of behavior. These mannerisms is going to lead to something down the road. Let's say this ball's over. Your ego is going to get more inflated down the road. You're going to try something else. So let's just put a hold to it right now. Do the classy thing and step down. The women are obviously standing together in unison in this and they're getting upset. So I watched it again. The full interaction, and I say he was out of line. I don't I don't buy the notion that he's from Spain. This is what you do. That was inappropriate, okay? I understand they just won a World Cup. That still was inappropriate. So having said that, if you kiss your daughters like that, that's fine. But you can't just kiss a soccer player on the lips, and, and you, you kind of went in there twice. You first went with a cheek hug, which is a little extra, but I was willing to let that slide. That was the first thing. Then you backed her up and you went for the lips. Come on now. Come on now. Okay, we get the point. You're excited. You won. But that was over the top. Then through the game, like I said, he's grabbing the crotch. The man needs to do the right thing and step down. So that's my opinion. After watching and taking in all the information and seeing what was really going on, I stand with the women. and hey. It's unfortunate this is supersede everything, but then to come back and make statements all egotistical. Come on, man. Never apologize. That's how I kiss my daughter. Okay. Well, she's not your daughter and you offended her. The best thing to do when you offend someone is to apologize. Even if you think in your mind it was being oversensitive, you need to apologize first and be sincere. It had to you apologize in the beginning and being contrite it may have not escalated to this level. But you went ahead and made some statements, came off egotistical, flexing your chest, pride comes before fall, and now they won't play unless you step down. So right thing to do is to do that. Having said that, let me just give you a couple of things that have happened in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys, for, the, for those who don't know, did acquire Trey Lance from the 49ers in a trade. And I think this is actually... It was a bad move for the 49ers to make this trade to begin with. I mean, to make the signing, but they're going to rectify it, and they got it. They got Trey Lance to move to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's actually a good thing for Trey Lance because his career after that injury really down spiraled. I don't really see him getting any st- any starting time, especially even though the, the quarterback is injured. I just feel as if Trey Lance is not there, and I think it was a good thing for him to get a fresh start someplace else. So. That happened. Uh, Baker Mayfield is named the starter, and that's actually pretty big because trial. You know, Kyle Trask was actually doing pretty good for the Bucks in preseason, so for Baker to get another shot at it, you know, to him. So let me give him a round of applause to Baker Mayfield for go ahead and getting the Bucks starting job. And that's big because he had to win it. You know, he had to, he had to win the job. And I heard that his competition was stiff. So he's going to get another shot at this. I wish him the best. I wish the Bucks the best. And I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I don't think they're going to be a great team. But I don't think they're going to be that bad either. I think they'll be above average. That's my prediction of where I think they'll be. And we shall see. Jonathan Taylor... From the Colts, got the permission to go ahead and seek a trade. I just don't think any time a running back, I said this several times, anytime a running back holds out, has to be traded, flexes their chest or gets greedy, any one of the above or part of them, it doesn't usually end well for the running back. I, I don't see this being any different. And we'll see. I'll keep posting on that. But those are some of the stories that are happening in the NFL. It is the last preseason game before they take a break and then the season will start. So if you haven't done so already, start getting your fantasy football team ready. I have a draft actually this Sunday and then in a couple of week and then a week I believe or so is the next draft I have for another league. So it is getting when you get that NFL draft, it is getting very close to kickoff to for the season to start. So best wishes to everyone who has a fantasy football team. And just remember when you play fantasy football, a couple things it's for fun, you know, have some fun with it. You're trying to win, but have fun, be respectful to others. And also if you run into a player member, they're not playing just for fantasy football points. It's a person you're dealing with. So treat them like a person. Sometimes we forget that when you get caught up in fantasy football. So keep that in mind. And some wonderful wonderful news in Major League Baseball. My friend, Daryl Strawberry, Mets number 18 and former guest of our show. Let me just tell you, say this thing. Daryl Strawberry, I got to give him major props because we were at the point at the time it was called the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk show, we were at the point in our show where we were having minor successes and we kind of fell to the point where we kind of got to the point where most entrepreneurs get to like, okay, where do we go now? You know, like we want to advance the show, but we didn't have a big guest yet. We were kind of like in limbo a little bit. We weren't thinking about quitting, but we're like, all right, where do we, where do we go now with this? And God stepped in and blessed us and made it possible for Dallas Strawberry to come on our show. And he really kick-started our show. So I have to give him props, first and foremost, just for being our savior at the time that we needed it. And that thing was all faith because... I wasn't able to actually verify it really was Daryl calling in that day, and if and if it wasn't, it was gonna be like kicking us and throwing salt on our wounds on the way down. That's how, but we I we had faith, and God stepped in. It really was Daryl, we've been friends. Myself and Daryl been friends ever since. But Daryl, for those who don't know, Daryl's number eighteen is going to be retired by the New York Mets. That is an outstanding achievement. So Dallas Strawberry number 18, is going to be retired in early 2024 on a celebration pregame by the New York Mets. And that's such a wonderful achievement and it's really hard to put it in words. You know, it's, it's just an honor for someone to recognize you in baseball and to be honored with that to be have your number retired. It is amazing. And that's the thing, you know, it just shows you how much the, the Mets really appreciate Darryl Strawberry and man, did he do something special out there. It's it's really, really honored to, to do that. And I'll let you guys know an inside tip. I'm going to pray again that it falls on a on a weekend or week that I could actually make it. I'm gonna try my very best, have my word, to go ahead and not only come out there and watch this, I'm gonna to try to get media credentials to actually be on the field and take great pictures and great insight. So I will try to get my, do my due diligence to cover this event. I'm hoping they get plenty of advance notice and it is on a week that will work. They said 2024. I started checking today to see if they had a date or around the time. They did not. But the cool thing about that is it's going to be sometime in 2024. So I'm going to make them some moves and do my best to be there. Let me just read. The Associated Press, this article by Tom Shea, I'm going to read it off here, and also want to make sure that I give props to his cousin and great friend and teammate, Dwight Gooden, because Dwight Gooden is also going to be, his number is going to be retired, number 16 as well. I mean, you can't have one without the other. I mean, those two guys are historic. You got to check out the documentaries with the two of them. Awesome. They're going to be just uh, logistically, they're going to be on separate days is what it said. They're both going to be retired, but on different days. Let me read the statement and this uh, from the Associated Press. Dwight Gooden's number 16 and Darryl Strawberry's number 18 will be retired by the New York Mets in a separate pregame ceremony next year, honoring players who were keys to the team's last World Series title in 1986. And it goes on to say, New York will have retired nine numbers of players and managers following the decision announced Friday, up from four before Stephen Cohn bought the team in November 2020. So it was four, now it's up to nine. And this is a statement. I'm thrilled that two iconic members of the 1986 championship club will have their numbers retired in 2024, Cohen said. In a press release, Dow Strober and Dwight Gooden each had an enormous impact on our franchise, and it's my honor to continue our commitment to celebrating our wonderful history. And then after being selected with the first overall pick in 1980 MLB draft, Dow... Darryl Strawberry had an immediate impact with the Amazons, earning National League Rookie of the Year honors after belting a then-team a then rookie record, 26 home runs. He won a Silver Slugger two times, including when he led the NL in home runs in 1988 with 39. Darryl Strawberry's sweet left-handed swing made him one of the most feared hitters in National League as his monster moonshots bounced off Shay's scoreboard. Cone said, Strawberry's arrival to the Big Apples in 1983. re-energized the franchise, and it's a very appropriate that the club's all-time homer leader will have his number 18 retired. And that is fantastic. These are some of the stats that Strawberry has. Strawberry is still the all-time leader in homers for the Mets with 252, second in RBIs with 733, and walks at 580. And third in extra base hits at 469, and runs at 662. He was selected to the Mets Hall of Fame in 2010. And this is what Darryl Strawberry said to the Associated Press. When I got the I welled up with tears of joy. Strawberry said, I started to reflect on my journey through the organization. I had some ups and downs. But in the end, I'm proud of my time in New York. I owe so much to the Mets fans. They're simply the best. It's really amazing to me that number eighteen will be forever remembered. It's an outstanding statement there. Congratulations to Daryl Strawberry and to Tracy Story, his wife. And I'm gonna read just a little bit more here. As for Gooden, he was the electric member of the Mets for eleven seasons. Like Strawberry, he was part of the young core that reenergized the fan base in the early 1980s winning the 1984 NL Rookie of the Year Award while setting a major league record with 276 strikeouts. That same season, became the youngest player ever to an all-star team at age 19. The following year, Gooden became the youngest pitcher to ever win the Cy Young Award, capturing a triple crown of pitching as he led the league in wins 24. It's outstanding. Strikeouts 268. An ERA of 1.53. That's that's remarkable. And this is not Gooden's statement. I was completely overwhelmed when I got the call. Gooden said, I want to thank you to all the fans who supported me through the good times and bad times. I couldn't have made it through without their encouragement. There's no greater honor a player can receive than having his number retired. And that is... That is outstanding. Outstanding to both of them. Yeah, it's wonderful achievement. I'm going to do my very best to make those ceremonies. That is going to be wonderful, wonderful to, to be at. And, wow. I mean, that's just something that should be proud of, you know, something to be very proud of. And that's and that's the honorable thing about Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden is that as they both mentioned in their statements that they've had their ups and downs, you know, that's that's stuff that has happened, we all know about it, well documented, but at to come out at the end and get the uh, claim and the, re- the respect and these numbers retired is outstanding. This well deserved. It's something that I'm glad that they got a chance to see this because this is definitely an honor and I can't wait to see it myself being there on the field, taking pictures, doing some video and being a part of it. So I'm going to make those things happen. Look forward to that in 2024. Pray it's on a great week and we don't have any schedule conflicts. So definitely props to both Daryl and Doc Gooden. Speaking of, since we're talking about Mets baseball, Pete Alonso. For those who don't know, uh, somebody hit a Major League Baseball—the first hit of their career. I'll pull up their name in just a moment. Inadvertently, Pete Alonso threw the ball into the stands. You know when they were swapping out the ball, and at the, I watched his statement, in his interview afterward. The fact. He said he had a brain freeze. He wasn't thinking. It it didn't sound to me in any way, shape, or form that it was done maliciously. And he remembered himself getting his first hit and how big of a moment it was for him. So he felt really, really bad that he deprived another major leaguer of that moment. The good story is they were able to go ahead and retrieve the ball from the fan. So they did get the ball back, and Pete Alonso did go ahead and sincerely apologize. I don't think the apology was fake. And I'm glad that he did apologize. He also sent the gift with a handwritten note of apology. And people need to understand that, hey, people people do make mistakes in life and these things do happen. You know, these things, unfortunately, happened to Pete. He really felt remorseful about it. I could just tell that he was he, you know, he was tearing him up. It, it was just not a good moment to be uh, Pete Alonso, you know, to have to deal with that. But he did apologize. He did the right thing. Stood up, made an apology, took took the blame for it. Didn't make didn't make excuses. And and then that's the thing about people is that that's a, that's what you have to do. Mason Win was the 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 player, by the way, Mason Wynn. Congratulations to Masson Win with his first major league hit. <laughs> it's his apology. He apologized. It's over now. And, you know, people make mistakes. So he, he did the right thing. That's what I think Lewis, as I was talking about earlier when the show started, he should have done. Just own it. You made a mistake. You went too far with it instead of beating around the bush. So now another thing that has happened also in baseball, the name that came up was former Little League pitcher Danny Almonte. He came up this week. He was talked about this week. And for those who don't know, Danny Almonte was a Little League baseball player sensation. The kid struck out 62 of 72 batters' face. He pitched the perfect game. And he was a Little League World Series phenom. Everybody thought this kid was going to be a definitely surefire pick-up, highly sorted after draft pick, and go into the major leagues. But not so fast. Things changed quickly. After the Little League World Series, it came to light that Danny Almonte was not The maximum age of 12 to play in Little League World Series, he actually was 14. He was two years older. You know, his father falsified documents, his birth certificate, make him two years younger. Instead of being 1987 born, his, uh, you know, they put it, it's true it was 1987, but it said he adopted it to make it 1989. Took that seven and made it to a nine. (laughs) And unfortunately, what ended up happening, was they took away all the records from the Bronx Little League team and they removed it, they struck it. Daniel Monty's father was banned for baseball for life. And needless to say, this caused problems in a young man's career and he never made it to the pros or never was a high-sorted draft pick like everyone expected him to be watching him on the mound. You know, folks, this is what happens. When you cheat the system, you trade the short game and you penalize yourself for the long game. That's what you do. You take a little bit of a high right now and you might get over, but it always usually comes back to hurt you in the long run. And that's what happened with Danny Almonte because, Hey, as fast he blew up, he, he crashed and burned. And it's really not, I don't know how much he knew about it. I I would suspect he probably did know he was in on it. But needless to say, you got caught and things went bad. And it's just karma coming around because he didn't make it to that sensation. Let's say he didn't do this and kept playing. Maybe he wasn't going to be in the Little League World Series, but let's say he did play and didn't have this stigma over him no matter where he goes. You never know. Maybe he does make it. He was a left-hander. He could throw really, really hard. Yes, he was two years older, but with the right maturation, you know, he could have been Randy Johnson, you know, the Dominican version of Randy Johnson. You just never know. But it was just wasn't meant to be. And the story doesn't have a good ending. So stop trading the short game. Look at the long game. It's a journey. Success is a journey, not a sprint. Having said that, Angel Hernandez got a lot of heat this week for his balls and strikes are getting worse. I actually watched some of the pitches that they were talking about, and yeah, they were they were pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie to you folks. They were the pitch that he was calling strikes weren't borderline. They were four to six inches off the plate. Maybe they were the same strike zone, but they were four to six inches off the plate. And I get it, as you get older, your eyesight eyesight starts to deteriorate. But it starts to it starts to beg the question, being that far off of where you are where the ball, the strike zone is, is Angel Hernandez doing this out of being vindictive because he's never got that big game yet. And a lot of it has to do with his past and, and players not being a fan. He's gotten passed over, so it makes you wonder: is he doing it because he's kind of bitter? I don't know. But I would have to say what Major League Baseball should do at this point is maybe you should, you know, with all due respect, maybe not have him behind the plate, move him to another position, you know, where he can do less damage because those balls and strikes were were pretty bad. If a ball was borderline coming in at 90-something miles an hour, I would just say, okay, it's borderline, just let it go. These pitches weren't even close. They were not even close. Balls, I mean, it's almost like Tom Glavin when the guys used to set up six, eight inches off the, off the plate, and they used to always give that strike to him. It was not quite as bad as that, but pretty bad. So I would suggest moving Angel Hernandez to another spot all on the diamond, not behind the plate. And as far as Angel Hernandez is concerned, hey, as your reputation gets worse and worse, it's hard for you to get those big games. You know, nobody wants to lose on controversy. And when your name is the big spot of most of these games that you're behind plate, you have to understand that. And you don't want to be the, the, the person that people remember you by in most cases rever- referee especially not in this case the way it's looking like you know is just not a good situation but i would suggest major league baseball to move him i think he has something going on where he has some hold on major league baseball cuz they would have obviously done something sooner but they need to they need to move him off, off the plate behind the plate i'm sorry you know i'm i'm sorry i watched those pitches you can watch it yourself they were not close there's no way you can be a batter and feel comfortable back there because there's no consistency. He can call a ball three or four inches inside, as well as he can call one four or five inches off the plate. As a as a hitter, that would really, really not be a good feeling because he's not even close, and you don't know which way he's going to call it. So, I think the major league baseball needs to consider that moving him, moving him to another position. So. We're gonna switch gears a little bit. Talk about basketball. Who's the better point guard, Steph Curry or Magic Johnson? That was talked about this week, and even got a response from somebody. I'll talk about that too. There was also a big debate that happened this week: Is Anthony Davis better than Dwight Howard, or vice versa? So we'll talk about those topics next on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Remember the number you call in is five one six. 418-5572, 516-418-5572. We're going to take a little break. We're going to treat you to a great song here. And this is by Sam Scola. Again, we're going to go ahead and do a sports theme song. Coming right back after that sports theme song, so don't go anywhere. This is a sports theme song by Sam Scola. Again, you guys need to reach out to me. We'll put you in contact with Sam Scola. We need that big hit, and he's got a lot of songs. Sam Scola from Maine, his beautiful wife, Mary, they just celebrated 15-year anniversary. It would be really nice you guys gift them with a great opportunity for him to go and get that big mega hit. So reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. This is a sports team song by Sam Sculler. Really appreciate Sam Sculler and Mary from Maine. I'll be right back after these, this brief break. That's a sports team by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola with that great song. We're going to go ahead and move forward on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So who is a better point guard, Steph Curry or Magic Johnson? Well, let me go ahead and give you what Michael Jordan opinion, and I'll give you mine. Jordan, Michael Jordan said that Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time and that Curry is a very close, but not in front of magic. Jordan cited Johnson's five NBA titles along with his 138 career triple duttles, the later of which are the third most ever. I don't know if I completely agree with this. You know, he did say that Steph Curry is the best shooter, which I would agree with that. without a doubt. Steph Curry is the best shooter. Now, I think, yes, Steph Curry is a close second, but I think Steph Curry is surpassing Magic Johnson, meaning it's just a matter of time. And I don't mean as a diss on Magic Johnson. They really are two different type of point guards. Steph Curry is definitely a shooter's type of point guard. He's a facilitator, but he, you know, as we know, he can generate a lot of offense on his own. And Magic Johnson was more of a facilitator, hence the reason why he has such fantastic passing records and assist records, and he has five rings. But I, I do feel Steph is going to get more than what he has now, which is four. And Jordan did admit he's the best shooting point guard. It's kind of hard to compare their the two of their games against each other in regard that Steph Curry shoots a lot. Magic Johnson is more facilitator. But I, I just think it's a matter of time where Steph is – when I say close second, it's like the moon is shining on right now, sunsetting. Steph, he just has to stay healthy, keep keep grinding, get himself another a ring or two, let's say two, just to be safe, and it really won't be a, a, a comparison. As much I love Magic Johnson, I even got his autograph. I think he's fantastic. But Steph Curry is on another level. I mean, this guy, for you to be the best shooter ever, and that's Michael Jordan, of all people agreeing with that, saying that you are the best shooter, that by default is saying something miraculous. I mean, of all the great players that Michael Jordan has seen prior to him, currently, when he was playing, and after, for him to say Steph Curry is the best shooting point guard he's ever seen, a best shooter ever, best shooter. That's saying something. Steph Curry is, is um, you know, I know I know why Michael Jordan is still giving magic to Johnson, the hope of that, and I understand why Magic why Jordan is still giving it to magic. I'll explain that to you in a moment. The truth of the matter is Steph Curry is a matter of time. The guy's just a, such a phenomenal shooter. And if you could say he's a phenomenal shooter, the best shooter ever, and not say he's the best point guard, it's kind of that's kind of hard not to give him that, that right. Yes. He's not going to have as many assists as magic and the triple doubles. They're not going to compare, but I just think Steph is just, he's just special and not that magic Johnson wasn't, but he, magic Johnson had some great players around him. And if you were a great passer, like magic Johnson was, you were going to make some things happen and win some championships like he did. But just Steph Curry is just on another level. He's just on another level, and I'm just glad I get a chance to see him and in, and in, in his right in in this this era. Because if you just watch him warm up, and you'll just see something that you haven't seen any other player do. I mean, this guy is just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He's very competitive, so. That might be true now, but it's not going to be true too much longer it's like a it's like you're holding on to a thread, and the reason why Michael Jordan is saying is let's just call it for what it is. He wants to give Magic Johnson the throne because he wants to feel as if he beat the best and played against the best of all time during his tenure, and that he may be the best during his tenure but it doesn't mean he's the best overall. And Steph Curry, that's where he's headed. So I understand what the motivation is, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Steph Curry, keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing, Steph Curry. So now there was another debate. Who's better? Who had a better career? Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. Initially, without checking deep into this, I actually thought Anthony Davis had the better career. And the reason why I say that because he won a ring with, with LeBron and it and I feel as if Davis has played kind of more up to his name than Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard I felt had a great five, maybe six years with Orlando and then it just went downhill from there. That's what I was assuming, but when I checked into the numbers, the numbers actually favored Dwight Howard a lot more than Anthony Davis, so it's much to my shock, and one of the biggest things that hurt Anthony Davis really is the injuries. I mean, sometimes Dwight Howard lacks that killer instinct. He lacks that, you know, a lot of times with Dwight Howard, he likes to have fun, but sometimes Having fun is one thing, but it seems to me like with Dwight Howard, it becomes a lot of immaturity. That's the way it comes across sometimes. Like Shaq, he loves to have fun, but you don't think Shaq is immature. Dwight Howard likes to have fun, but sometimes you just think he's just way too immature. And it's not just one little bad joke. It's just constantly in his behavior and his mannerisms. So looking into this, Dwight Howard ironically does have the better stats and a better career. He's almost has 40% more points than Anthony Davis. He's played in more games than Anthony Davis and he has a higher average. Now, having said this, I, I would agree. Dwight Howard does have based on the stats and everything. I looked at a better career than Anthony Davis doesn't feel that way. Feels as if Anthony Davis does, but Overall, Dwight Howard actually does have the better career. So that's the answer. Dwight Howard is the answer. I, I, you know, yeah. So it was uh, shocking to me. That's why you got to check into things and verify. And we're going to shift into the NCAA news regarding celebrity athletes to staying off campus due to their popularity. You know, (laughs) This is Olivia Dunn and that's that's one of the things that has happened this week. And you know, what ended up happening is, you know, when you this is Anthony Reese, this is uh Reese as well as Olivia Dunn. That's what that's the particular what we're talking about. And what it is is they decided that, you know, hey, It's just too much attention I'm getting on campus. You know, and because of those reasons, I'm not going to go ahead and do campus. I'm not going to go ahead and do the campus life on campus. I'm going to take virtual classes. Olivia Dunn and Angel Reese, Olivia Dunn and Angel Reese, both are LSU, and they both are going to take online classes in lieu of the classroom because of all the media attention their popularity on campus. So what of my thoughts on this are a few things from a person who could definitely relate to this as far as being spotlight and popularity and people wanting to meet you and talk to you, get a picture. I've actually have felt this and been in this position quite a few times in life. Not to say that I'm a mega celebrity or anything like this, But I've been in situations where I was a center of attention in front of massive people. For example, I did a big time interview on CNBC. And when I did this interview, this was during during a shareholders event. There was over 30,000 people there. Almost all these people are connected to CNBC. Most of, almost all of them saw it. So as I was walking through, People want to shake my hand, just want to shake my hand, just want to meet me. I've also been a top performer in my company, a Fortune five, a large Fortune 500 company. So just walking, going to the break room, to the lunch room, to cafeteria, it got celeb status all the time in the building. So I understand how this feels and how this comes across. I would just say, hey, you know, when you – getting a lot of attention – Sometimes is a great thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing, but I would just say you just learn to deal with it. You can't hide from people, so to speak. You know, sometimes when you get used to dealing with all the attention, you're better fit for it because when you do go out to public events, you go places, it doesn't kind of irk you as much. It doesn't bother you as much because you're used to it. You get used to it. You know, believe it or not, getting all the attention, you get used to now, is some of this attention warranted? Well and Angel Reese is a lot of it is. You were the star playing at LSU, you know, you were Caitlin Clark and you were going back and forth. You're both talking trash. You two were the spotlight. This happened. Olivia Dunn, a lot of it is social media driven. You know, a lot of it's TikTok, a lot of it's all that stuff and Instagram. I, I would just say you're depriving yourself of a great experience on campus, I would just look at it as part of your experience. Look at it as part of a challenge you have to deal with. You can get from class to class, it'll be okay. You understand if you need to have an escort with you, you need to have an escort. Maybe a friend, a good friend or girlfriends, you can you can do this. Maybe security to escort your lawn to the next class, but You're depriving yourself of a great experience. I've taken online classes, and i tell you, you don't feel connected to the school at all when you do that. So, hey, consider it. Give it a try. Maybe take a class or two on campus. Take most of them online. See how it goes. Take it in baby steps. But deal with the attention head on. You'll be better fit for it because as you grow as an athlete, you'll be better prepared going forward. The spotlight just gets brighter as you get better. And your accomplishments go up. Might as well just head it head on, and that's the price of success. The fame and the fame comes with it. Fortune and fame. And in NCAA news, this is football related. Reggie Bush did file a lawsuit against the NCAA, and this is for defamation. You know, realistically, what Reggie's trying to get back at is he's trying to get his his Heisman back. Because now the NCAA, for those who don't know, do allow NLA deals, which is name, image, and liking, NIL deals, and they allow you to make money in NCAA. Now, back in Reggie's time, that was very different. It was a complete no-no. You couldn't make money a dime off of someone trying to use your name, your advertisement. You couldn't even sign autographs and make money on a side deal for that student-athlete, which I said on my show sometimes quite a few times that even before they changed the rule, I didn't agree with that, you know, because besides going to school, there are some other incidentals. Even if you get a full scholarship, you know, as we know, there's room and board, there's food, there's a true cost, and that's outside of the scholarship in most cases. So my thoughts on this is as much as I really, really love Reggie Bush, I'm gonna give you the hard truth on this. At the time, I, you know, as I said earlier with the Danny Almonte story, the family—not saying it was all on Reggie, but those who connected to him, his family, cousin, whoever—they traded the short-term gain for the long-term loss. Again, they traded short-term gain for the long-term loss. At this time, Reggie was a junior, going to a senior. I mean, if you made it that far, scratching nickels together for him to get through, you know, UCLA, for him to get through school, you understand? It's like this. If you made it that far, then you didn't really need the help. Yes, the extra money would be nice yes it would it' have been a nice perk, but you didn't really need to take the deal you understand you didn't have to you didn't have to take this deal. that's the bottom line like hey you understand like okay yes, it's nice u s c you know while I was playing u s c he got approached by well his family got approached the living apartment. And it was going to give him some money, you know, classic, what they try to do to end the table deals. Apparently his family and stuff took it. And Reggie got in a lot of trouble for that. He, had a, he basically struck his high took away all his records. And this was the rule back then. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't make money off the deal. And everybody knew this. Reggie wasn't the only player that had opportunities to make money on the side and this year junior senior year we all knew it was trending with you being a top player USC it was trending in the direction you were going to be a high draft pick in the NFL it doesn't take a genius to figure this out don't trade the short-term gain for a long-term loss and that's what happened unfortunately I would love to say yeah man give it back to him give it back to him I don't think it's going to end that well for Reggie getting it back. Now, would it not be nice for the NCAA to give it back and good PR for him? Yes, but the issue that I'm telling you what the NCAA issue is with giving it back, and I can tell you this from a guy who's been in corporate America for many, many years and been very successful. The issue they have is they probably wouldn't mind giving Reggie his Heisman back, but all the other players that got sanctions – that got in trouble for the same issue, they didn't get their heisen taken away, but they got fined or cost them short-term gain, long-term loss. They would have to, with any other lawsuit, kind of appease them too. Reality is, if I broke a rule, you're giving this guy his heisen back. Well, what about me? I lost, you know, my eligibility. What are you gonna do for me? It, they're on a slippery slope, and. I think that's gonna cause issue with him getting back. I hope I'm wrong, and then give it back. However, if I'm Reggie Bush, this is how I'm looking at it. Okay, you don't need a Heisman Trophy or your records back from the NCAA. Your worth is not a a bronze trophy with a guy doing, you know, a leg kick. That's not your worth. Your worth is knowing that whether they take those awards, they never give it back, the Heisman and whatever, Reggie Bush, you were the number one collegiate player. You were killing the game. That year that you were balling out, there was, without a doubt, you were the best player in the league, in in college football. It was like a video game. And, and... It was in 2005. You were a video game, man. You were killing the game. So just so know that, hey, I'm not going to let a, a Heisman Trophy define me. I know I was the baddest thing coming. I was the best player in college in 2005. You don't need that recognition from the NCAA. You know what I'm saying? Keep doing your life. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting those holes in one. Don't put so much stock into what the NCAA will do for you because they may not do the right things for you. And this defamation lawsuit to me is is a far, far cry because defamation basically means that someone says something public about me that was not true. They hurt my name and status because of it. Well, they didn't hurt your name and status by telling, reporting what happened. You know, somebody, you or your family got connected. You may not have even been part of the deal, but somebody did something wrong it got back to the powers that be, they struck you from your wards. There's no defamation of character there. So, I know it's it's allowed now, but it was not allowed back then. And that's the way it goes. So, my feeling was rule. You broke the rule, or your family broke it. I'll say it like that. You may not have been involved in it. Somebody did something wrong, and short-term gain, long-term loss. Don't let a Bronze trophy defined you. You were the best player in 2005. That's all you need to know. That's the way you should look at it. So it was, it was, it was phenomenal that year. I mean, those flips in the end zone. It was just fantastic. I mean, it was he, Bush amassed 26, 11 all-purpose yards, 18 touchdowns, 15 rushing, two receiving, one rep- return. I mean, <laughs> you you I mean you had 784 first place votes, while the University of Texas Longhorn quarterback Vince Young finished second with 79 first place votes. I mean that tells you right there who people thought was the number one player that year. That is so by a landslide. It was even when I thought about it, it was this actual stat is even worse than I thought. I thought it was a little bit closer, not much closer, but just a. Closer. It's not even close. So if you're Reggie Bush, just know you were the best player in 2005. Heisman bronze trophy in your trophy stand or not, you were the best thing coming. Don't, don't put your worth into the NCAA because those guys like to play games and just, just leave it be. So it was a lot of things that have happened. <laughs> in the NCAA and that is um, another thing that has happened is Jim Harbo had a three game ban, and this is, this is allegations, you know, during COVID-19. So that's what's happened. And he's going to be suspended for three games is, you know, sometime with his smoke is fire. And this is the NCAA doing, doing things, a level one violation. And this could be part of not cooperating or misleading NCAA investigators about the alleged violation. So that said, you, you can't put your faith in NCAA. So Jim Harris is getting three games. They don't play games. And. You know, we're gonna go ahead now and, and shift some gears and talk about boxing. Hey guys, check this out. I watched a couple of great movies this week, some sports movies. I watched Kurt Warner's American Underdog. I kept putting off watching a movie at time this week and I actually watched American Underdog and I watched Big George Foreman. So congratulations to both gentlemen getting a movie in the production. And in the masses, that is George Foreman as well as Kurt Warner. Congratulations to both of them. I'll share my thoughts on both movies. I'll talk about Kurt Warner first. Kurt Warner has an outstanding story. He does. I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but he has – But where he came from to where he ended up is nothing less than miraculous. It's really amazing. And I thought the movie was good. I I did think, though, it it felt more to me like a love story than it did a sports movie. I'll just say that. You'll have to see it yourself. Maybe you can disagree with me. And there was some parts of it that I thought kind of got a bit dry and and boring, just to be honest with you. It wasn't that the story wasn't great. It just more or less the way that the film came across to me. It just, it, it got dry at some points. I, I just think that's my opinion. If I was rating it at zero to 10, 10 to be the best. I would give the way it came across and everything a, a total like a six. The story itself is like a nine, but the nine, almost 10, but the, the way it came across movie-wise was like a six to me. However, Big George Foreman came across to me very well i would give that movie like an eight and a half maybe nine i love the way that the movie flowed it was very entertaining i was engaged throughout the whole way i didn't find any parts dry or boring the great job to director for keeping me engaged and then i thought they were going to basically just do up to the point of him losing that big fight in manila the Thrill of Manila against Muhammad Ali, they were pretty much stop it there. But no, they did pretty much the whole story. is George Foreman's whole life. And it was very interesting. i give that movie eight and a half, nine out of ten. It just was just more engaging. I love how they moved it along but kept you engaged. And it was a remarkable story there too. Both great sports stories. Watch both of them, American Underdog. And you can watch... You can also go ahead and watch Big Joint Format. I hope that this is not, opinion does not hurt. The movies are great. You should watch it. But I just, that's my opinion on the movies. The stories on both cases were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. But I just got to give you guys, I give a lot of reviews on things that I watch. So that's why I would get. I would, give, I would give American Underdog 6. Not the story it was nine and a half ten. 10. And I would give. George Foreman's story, nine and a half, ten as well. You know, I'll say that. Ten on both of them, but I would give big George Foreman eight and a half, nine. Just the way that the movie just flowed, and it just kept me engaged and interested the whole way through. And so check those out. Speaking of boxing, so we got F.A. Java got a fight. <laughs> he got a fight this weekend. I'm picking F.A. Java, a good friend. Speaking of Muhammad Ali, you know, we have Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali fighting again, and I got him winning too. Crazy thing is, his last fight went from a draw to a no contest because the opponent that he had a draw with got caught, tested positive for antibiotic steroids. So even with that, he still just got a draw against Muhammad Ali. I guess Ali Walsh. So I got Ali Walsh going winning. I got you know FA Jabba winning as well. And that's gonna be great to see. So I will keep you up to date on those fights and see how it prediction works out. And other boxing news is Crawford wants to fight the winner of Charlo or Canelo. Wants to move up to 168. And also, it is saying that Errol Spence is going to go ahead and engage his rematch clause. So they don't know when the fight will go into play. So that's going to be. I know that Crawford said he would go ahead and do the rematch gladly because it's in the contract. But I think he was hoping he wouldn't engage that rematch just because it sounds like he wants to call it quits. He wants to retire. And I think he wants to get one last hurrah, you know, mega statement. I will say on, on the Errol Spence thing, I feel as if Errol will probably start up the fight better than he did before. But I think eventually Crawford is just going to be too skillful and Crawford's going to win the fight. I, I just think the best that Errol can hope for is losing by majority decision, where he at least stands up and for 12 rounds. I don't think so. I think. I I think he's going to go down either in the same round he went down or maybe a round or two earlier. I I just don't see Errol, with all due respect, coming back and beating Crawford. How we said that, though, Crawford has to have some other things in his back pocket just in case. Because I do feel as if Errol will come in with some different wrinkles, he will be fighting 154, a little bit heavier. So he has to make sure he treats his fight as if he never fought him before and stays even hungrier. That's me and Crawford. Having said that, I think Crawford needs to chill a little bit, like, enjoy your victory. See how this fight work, works as well out between Canelo and Charlo. I actually think Crawford would have a better chance beating Canelo than I do think Charlo. And the reason why I say that, I, you know, it sounds crazy. It's just that one thing that uh, Charlo has to his advantage the height and if Charlo fights Crawford tall meaning stays from the outside throws out the jab kind of grabs it when he gets it close doesn't let him fight on the inside I think I think Charlo will have actually a good chance of winning by points but if he likes to let show his bravado gets him mostly entwined or trapped into it with Crawford, he's going to definitely lose. So, we'll see how this plays out. I still think Crawford, if he wants to get that other weight class kind of like undisputed, I still think he's going to have to fight at least two more fights, if not a third. Meaning, he's going to have to do the rematch. So, that's one fight there with Spence. Then, if he fights Charlo or... Canelo, let's say he fights Charlo. Well, then he's gonna have to hope actually he's gonna have to hope that Canelo wins at one sixty eight. If he wins at one sixty eight, then he'll just he should just go ahead and fight Canelo. That'll be his third fight and that's that should be it. Right off in of the sunset with three divisions undisputed. If Charlo wins, it's gonna make it two more fights because then well, actually, he did say he's going to fight him at one sixty eight either. So, yeah, yeah. So the sky's the limit for Crawford. Make sure you take care of Errol Spencer that that rematch. Don't overlook that. Don't don't overlook that at all. And then after then, if since you're going to go to one sixty eight, yeah, because if he was going to stay at one fifty four, then he would have to fight at least Tim Zoo, who's going to get a belt. And then he would have to fight Charlo at 154. But since he's going right up to 168, might as well just stay there and fight the winner of the two and be under in three, three divisions. But I will keep you guys posted on that. And a lot of great things happen in the boxing world. You know, it, it's starting to heat up. So definitely I'll keep you my eyes open for that. I want to go ahead and thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you get your four-pack of F of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com. flbbqsauce.com. Make sure you pick it up. And if you want, you can go ahead and visit Chef G's at 301 South 22nd Street. That is in Tampa, Florida. If you need culinary needs or if you want to meet them first to face and get stuff your bottles, go ahead and stop by and see Chef G's there at the location. Let them know the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show sent you. Let me go ahead and play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. They're celebrating a 15-year anniversary to both of them. So if you missed it earlier, you're going to get it now. Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song.
0: Mountain in for variety, Chef Cheese, Florida it up barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef Cheese, Florida it up barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and. Florida barbecue sauce, serve on fish and vegetables, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce.
1: Right, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group, get your four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. So just want to give you guys an update, I'm in the process of editing the video regarding that is going to be a video that's coming to you soon, the Tuys, as well as Michael Orr, I'll give you my take on that. So it's in the editing process. Hopefully we get that out done real quickly to get you guys to get to see that a lot to discuss on there. So definitely look out for that video. Also, please follow us at YouTube at Alan Alford. Just type in a L a N a L F O R D. And you'll be able to find us there. Also, you can also check out our podcast on a lot of different formats, Google Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and you can check us out also on Apple as well, iTunes as well. So check them all out. And I did want to thank Great Lou for giving us a call in today. I want to thank you guys for your support listening to the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. We're going to keep on grinding, keep on pushing here at the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. So appreciate your support. You guys are awesome. And let me give you the phone number here so you can always have it ready for next time. It's 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. Really appreciate Sam Scola and all his great songs. So with that being said, we're going to end the show with a Sam Scola song. Sam Scola for Maine. Really appreciate you and appreciate Mary and really appreciate everything you've done for the Alan Alfred Sportsbook show. So we're going to end the show with Sam Skola's song. You guys have a blessed night. Be be healthy, be well. Stay safe out there. Do your best every day. Sam Skola. Thank you. This is Alan Alfred. I'll see you next week.